keep hearing someone chime in. We have one to go. Some person who's going to sit over there, I'm going to guess, unless they like that chair over there. It's up to them. Do I have any South Dakotans in the room? Only one? That's, this is, this is disturbing. I ask because does anyone know what this picture is of? Mountain. A mountain, excellent. That's a good start. Where do you think it might be? In South Dakota, there you go. That's the next part. Have any of you ever heard of Bear Butte? Well, that's Bear Butte. Okay. Where is Bear Butte? You are absolutely correct. The western side of South Dakota. It is north of the Black Hills proper just a little bit of the, to the east, out in the rangeland, in what would be the southeast corner of Butte County. So in case any of you are really bored and you want a six hour drive, maybe six and a half hour drive, just hop in your car, start west on Highway 14. When you get to Pier, you have a choice. You can either stay on Highway 14 or switch over to Highway 34, switch to Highway 34 and keep going. And keep going west and you'll go through some really fun little towns like Red Owl and White Owl and Enning on your way to Bear Butte. You'll even go through a little town called Mud Butte. Now mind you, in this entire drive that you've just taken, you may find four or five cars you meet going down the road, there's no one out there, but that's okay. So if you get a chance, if you're bored, if you need a little weekend trip and you can properly social distance because there's no one there, take a trip out to Bear Butte. Let's see if I can find the screen I want. Yes. And it doesn't really work. From that side to me, unless someone's watching it, I, I don't hear anything from out there. I also have not yet been able to make it so that camera will pan over to either side of the room nor zoom in so you can see the whiteboard if I write anything on the whiteboard, which is problematic. 
People on the other side, if you ask a question or you say anything in this class, they can't hear you either. So I don't know. Do I repeat everything you say back out to them or how do we do this? This is going to be an adventure. But right now I, I realize that it does not uh, create easy communication because I cannot hear any response. I have the volume all the way up unless they sort of yell through their uh, laptop, we might hear them, but it doesn't seem that we do. So, so we're going to have to work on how that's going to work for us all. If you have some ideas for me, I, I'm willing to try and figure them out. But right now, I, I can hear you, I Laura. It's going to work better. So that's so weird. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> TJ. See, I. So once you open the full share, you don't even get any of the other portions of the control. I mean, where does that go if you minimize it? Certainly. I guess if that works, why does the control bar vanish? So, I mean, can you pick this thing up and just set it over in the corner? Maybe, and leave it there. Possibly. I don't know. We'll see. See if we can make it go. Friday, we got to within one bullet point of the end of the first set of slides. So I decided I was going to be lazy and not start on that set of slides. Okay. We were finishing up on formal and informal structures for management. Uh, informal tends to be smaller companies, startup companies. They're very flexible, but there's real challenges in that as you get longer term as a company and perhaps someone wants to leave or they need to leave and you want to replace them, it's hard to know what duties they really were doing or how that was working in an informal structure. Formal's a lot more rigid but positions are defined. We know who's responsible for what. The accountability in that system is a little easier to get, get uh, dealt with. Primary example of the, the formal system, probably to the extreme, is the United States military. But it does, everybody knows who they report to, who reports to them, and how the structure flows. It's a bit cumbersome sometimes, but it does work. But our day, goal today 
is to start talking about what we already did in lab last week because we were pushed the schedule forward. So instead of having our lecture and then follow it with lab, we had the labs first. We'll, we'll, we'll balance, right? Goal setting and planning. Individual and corporate. Now, hopefully, you're all doing well on writing up your goals from last week's labs. I've gotten a few of them turned in already. Okay. So now, why have I lost control of, there we go. When you set a goal, you need to understand what you're trying to do, right? That seems self-explanatory. Who else has to know what you're trying to do? Everyone. From the person pulling orders and putting them on the truck out in the warehouse to the person who's doing the analytical tests in the lab, to the maintenance person who's making sure the welds are sanitary. All of those people need to understand the goal. If it's a company-wide, corporate-wide goal, everybody needs to be able to understand. So what does that lend us to find out? We have to be very clear and careful when we write those. We cannot make assumptions about what someone might already know based on how wide the group is that we're trying to cover. Now the goal within say a quality department, you can make some different assumptions, but on a corporate level, making sure everyone understands can be a little more challenging in the way we have to write and come up with our language. Goals have to have a time element. We need to know when we expect to have accomplished what we're trying to set out to do. Right? If I said, well, I would like to have a master's degree in chemistry. Is that a goal? Why is that not a goal? There's no time. If I were to have said, I would like to complete a master's degree in chemistry at South Dakota State University by May of 2022, is that now a goal? It's much more specific. It has a time element. We know where we are, what we're trying to accomplish, right? Goals have to have a time element. Make sure when you turn your individual goals in or your corporate level goals from lab that they contain time.
I would like to be able to run a mile in 15 minutes. Is that a goal? I would like to be able to run a mile in 15 minutes by the 1st of October in 2020. Is that a goal? It might be if I had never tried walking before. Is that gonna stretch me very much? I can walk that mile in 15 minutes. Is that gonna be a realistic goal to say I'd like to run the mile in 15 minutes? It doesn't stretch me any, right? Make sure your goal actually advances you towards something, not just satisfying the status quo. Make sure it pulls you. It doesn't have to be a huge distance, but if there's no effort involved towards it, then it's just a common daily task that we just keep repeating and repeating. Goals have to pull us towards something. Not impossibly. Now, Josephine might be able to do this. Anna probably could do this, but if I set myself a goal to run a mile in six minutes, in my personal world, that's never attainable, right? It's insane. If I set the goal at seven and a half minutes, might it be possible? I'm an old guy, remember? I don't get to go very fast. It has to have some realisticness built in, right? My goal is to earn $2 billion by December 31st, 2020. Is that realistic? Probably not. Not unless there's a whole lot of other things happening that I didn't know about and my company or whatever I was, I mean, it has to be realistic and attainable. It's a stretch, yes, but not a stretch so far that no matter what I do, there's no chance I'll ever get there. You need to think about that as you're writing your goals. Be specific. How are you going to measure to know that you got there? I'm going to increase your knowledge about management of individuals in a working environment. Is that a goal? Huh. By Thanksgiving 2020, is that a goal? Sort of. How am I gonna measure that? What are the criteria that I actually have to be able to use to see if we've met that, right? Someone in your organization needs to be keeping track and making sure you're accountable towards what you're doing. And if there's no metrics involved in the measurement, how are we gonna do that? So be careful as you're writing those goals 
to include all of those things. Develop your want list. What do I want to do? Be specific about it. Create a bunch of things. Come back and figure out what is the most important thing you want to do. Back burner the rest of them. Learn how to prioritize. Once you've gotten through established, go back, pick up some more. That's not to say that you need to only work on one task through to completion before you start the next. Right? Because sometimes you cannot finish something in its entirety because it's not all under your control. So have the ability to have several things in the works, but keep your eye on the priority. When the data comes in to allow you to go back to your priority number one item, go back there and focus. Don't leave it on the back burner. Once it's complete, cross it off your list and keep moving. How many list makers do I have out here in this room? Excellent. Lists are great. Satisfaction of crossing something off because you finished it, right? Finish it, finish the priority, go on to the next. That's the basic steps we're going to follow. Now, many of us probably think we're fantastic multitaskers. And to a, to a certain degree, we are. But if you really think about it, in any given second, are you really able to be doing more than one thing and focus on? No. You may have 10 things you're juggling along, but within that minute, which is the one you actually get to finish and cross off your list? One at a time, right? You can only finish one item at a time, unless you have two of them with the exact same endpoint. And then that's kind of an odd set of goals, right? Were they really two goals or they were a single goal? This, over the years, I've noticed to be one of the biggest challenges of new supervisors and new students. They are able to figure out a pretty good big picture goal but then they get super frustrated because they don't ever get towards the goal because they didn't break it down into shorter, smaller segments that can be truly accomplished, verified, crossed off, and moved forward. Morale in a business is held up when people see that we're getting somewhere. Yes, you need to have long-term goals. But if you don't have some short-term markers that are clear to get there, you're going to lose the people along the way. 
So make sure you break down the big ones into some smaller ones to keep everybody seeing where we're going and moving forward, okay? We have to be able to do that or we'll lose the people. We have to stay focused. How many of you agree with this strange little thing here that says we become what we think? Well, the more time you dwell on anything, what does it do? That's all you think about, right? Are you able to move your focus away from that nimbly, swiftly, and get back to where you were supposed to be? If you pause to watch Netflix for three hours, maybe you needed to break, but maybe it's too much of a diversion and it's too hard to come back. You yourself need to know that. You as your company need to know how far off focus can I get and still return. But when we start drifting off, we become what we're thinking about those other things. And it's hard to keep ourselves and our team working towards where we want it to be. Make sure you've got a list of other things that you're going to be working towards, right? How many of you have an overarching goal right now in your life? Really? I think of all, every single person in this room and every person on this screen should have a goal. And what is that? To graduate. There's a time element built in there, right? It's maybe forced on you by your parents who are unwilling to pay beyond a certain date or something, right? But there should be a goal in there. If your goal is to graduate by May of 2022, what are some of the shorter term goals? To be on the Dean's list each semester until they get there or you can set them in all sorts of ways, but have some smaller goals, but make sure, what are you gonna do after I graduate? What's the goal? What's the next step? Retirement already? Great. How many of you can pull that one off? Probably not. So you need to be thinking always What's the next step, the next goal that I'm trying to do? Business goals have to be written down. Why they have to be written down is because communication within a business structure has flaws. Not every single person will be there at the time you make that announcement, especially in operations running 24-7. Just because I told you now, can I get to every single person? No. But if I verbalize it, if I record it, if I write it down, maybe I have a chance of reaching everybody. They have to be specific, measurable, 
time element in there. Challenging or attainable and evaluated regularly. It's kind of distressing the number of planning documents you might find beautifully finished and all written and everything else in a binder and they get put on the shelf. And at the end of the quarter, you pick, look at it and go, oh, yeah. How often should you be looking at it? Once a quarter? Once a year? Once a week? You need to be constantly reminding yourself of what it is your target is. What are your goals? And if you do the planning and you put it on the shelf, it probably was a waste of your time. You have to evaluate regularly. Get back in there and see what it is you're trying to do. We can turn those larger goals into operational objectives. We can make them into guidelines. They have to be clearly expressed, communicated, and created in such a fashion that all of your employees can understand them. That's from the person stacking bags onto the pallet, right? The person who is changing out the fittings to wash the silo, to the person who's in the boardroom writing that planning document. You've got to be able to write it across all of the possibilities. There are a couple of times as this course proceeds during an hour exam or two where I will phrase the question and your response must be written with the target audience of an individual with an eighth grade education. And I did that on purpose. If you can't bring down what you want to do to that level, you've got people who dropped out of high school, who maybe finished their GED, didn't, may have come to this country, they're English as a second or third language person. If we can't get it back, to that eighth grade level, we probably are not going to keep them on the same page. And so think about that in your world. How do I make sure that whatever I'm telling somebody can be rationally and reasonably understood if I were talking to one of my younger siblings who was in eighth grade, right? Because that's really where your information has to be able to get to, to be adequately received. Operational objectives. How we operationalize our goals. How we turn them into how we're going to move forward day by day, right? 
regular, ongoing, repetitive, recurring tasks. Well, if I'm in a production facility, I'm making 40 pound block cheddar cheese, I wanna do it the same way every day, right? Quality assurance. I wanna do it by the numbers. I wanna make sure that it's repeatable, repetitive, consistent. That's an operational objective, right? Perhaps I need, once quality assurance says, whoops, something's out of spec. How do I get it back into spec, right? Quality control, the correction of the deviations, going out and figuring out why did we vary from where we said we were going to be for an operational objective? What can we do to get back to our standard? And then you typically then have a portion of your resources dedicated towards what's new, what's out there, where can we get to, what will help us be more competitive and moving along. Innovation, creativity, breakthrough, the higher risk, the research and development portion of our operational objectives. Ethan. It depends upon the company as far as how much. Um, I would say if you're at less than 10%, you're probably gonna stagnate and die. 50% or more, I don't know how you're going to have a standard product that you can keep your cash flow working on, right? There's gotta be a happy medium. It's not gonna be identical for everybody, but if you don't spend some time with the innovation coming up with a way to do something more effectively in a different fashion, change the product line, do something like that within your operation, you're gonna stagnate, okay? But these are all things that fall underneath the larger overarching business goals, right? Typically, the business at the top starts with what their annual goals would be, or at least their quarterly goals. They tend to establish them at the corporate level. Then we actually go down from corporate, the division figures out how they're gonna fit into those, the operational units figure out how they're gonna fit into the division and the individuals figure out how they're going to work for an operational unit. Every single one of those layers should have written out some operational objectives. Without having any operational objectives there, how am I going to hold individuals, units, divisions, or corporate as a whole accountable for making headway 
towards the goal, right? I need to have some measure that is there to hold for accountability. And that's often your operational objectives. They came from that bigger business goal. That all seem logical to you? I hope so. Okay, planning. How do we get to where we think we wanna go? How many of you ever go on a trip? How many of you ever hop in your car and just go? No? Got like one person who's willing to just hop in and just drive and figure out where they end up at the end of the day, right? The rest of you are less willing to do that? What if my goal was to get from Brookings to Minneapolis? Fair? Do I have any options? From Brookings to Minneapolis, interstate. Well, that means I go to Sioux Falls and over to Albert Lee and back north. I guess that's a, a viable route. If I hate two-lane roads, it's a great, great option. Am I going to put in some extra miles? Probably. Are there any other routes I could plan to get to the same objective, which is to get from here to Minneapolis. I could take Highway 14 over to 35 and North. Yeah, that's probably not perfect. I could jump up and go across on 19. I could hop up to 212. I could go across on 12. I have lots of options, right? And when I jump between those roads, but I have to plan, or I can just drive. Which is more efficient? Planning, right? Planning the route towards your goal. How do I get from point A to B? I have a clearly defined objective. My objective is to get from here to Minneapolis. I think that's fairly clear. It's not really a goal yet because it doesn't say by when I would like to be there. There's no time element, right? If I were to say that I would like to be in Minneapolis by 5 p.m. today, is that possible? If I leave now, actually I got, what, half hour? I'd probably get there, right? Clearly defined objective, though. I need to know what it is I'm trying to do. I need to make sure it's simple. I mean, I could get from here to Minneapolis via Fargo if I wanted to. Would that make any sense? It would be simple. Hop on I-29, go straight north to Fargo. Hop on I-94, 
and diagonal back down to the cities. Again, I could do two, a four-lane highway the whole way. Is it rational? No. But make sure your goal, your plan has simplicity. Is there methodology in place to look at the impact of each of the actions that I've taken on my way toward my objective? If there isn't a way to analyze and classify, did this action help me get towards what I was trying to achieve? Did it hinder me? Your plan should consider those things as you're building it. Standards. If my standard says I would like to get from here to Minneapolis and I would like to get there without having to stop at any stoplights, is that possible? Probably not. I could be close if I did the interstates all the way, right? But would it be the shortest route? Would it cost me more fuel charges? Right? I need to think about how that would possibly work. So I got to establish some standards, but it has to be flexible. What if my plan, the best plan that I had, I had a route all figured out and I'm on my way there and someone has decided to roll a semi in the middle of the highway and so the patrol car is pulled across there and detours you, right? Do I give up on the whole thing or do I figure out some alternatives that will still get me toward my final objective. Most people aren't just going to stop and pull over at the side of the road and say, can't go anymore. They'll figure out an alternate route. Flexibility is essential. In a manufacturing operation, your plan is to say, I want to produce 22 vats of cheese today in my facility. Can I do that if the agitator drive goes out on one of my vats? Probably not. But do I stop trying? Do I come up with some flexible options that will at least allow me to continue operating at some rate? Yes. So I have to have some flexibility built in there. Your plan should be balanced. Balanced in its use of resources. Have I looked at how I can use all of my existing resources? What new resources might I need to use to get there?
don't know. I need to think about how I'm going to do that. Reality. Well, what is reality? Each of us has our own, right? I'm guessing that Hannah's reality might be the same or different than Claire's reality. I honestly have no clue, right? It's probably different than mine. We're all sort of functioning in the same area where we think we're in the same reality. That's where it always gets tricky. What is realistic? What's realistic for you as the planner may not truly in the end be realistic when you get it out on the production floor. If you don't know the process well enough, can you necessarily be realistic and balanced in your plan? No. You have to have enough information to be able to move forward with the resources that you have as we're trying to get there. Oops. And plans should be orderly. Well, that's kind of the, what most people think of as a plan, right? When you follow a plan, it's a series of steps. It's a protocol. It's a way towards something. If it's all jumbled up, is it really a plan? No. It's a set of ideas, a set of assumptions, but it's not really a plan because it has not been ordered in some fashion that allow us to get where we're trying to get to. How many of you like to plan? How many of you have been following all these steps as you've been doing your planning? Excellent. Rest of you, a couple of things to work into your um, routine as you go. Long range planning can be fun and it can be really annoying. Because sometimes you're making assumptions that are hopeful, that are realistic, but also sometimes you're making assumptions that are based on wishful thinking, right? But looking further down the road than the next 90 days. Yes, I want to make a profit between now and December. Well, if I'm only looking to December and I'm not considering what happens in January, my plan is going to be different than if I also look at what happens from January to July next year and to July to December and the following year. My perspective changes. Long-range planning needs to be done. Board of directors, hopefully someday you'll have the privilege of being on a board. You don't necessarily have to be out there on the plant floor doing the day-to-day -day work. You're trying to come up with the ideas. Where are we thinking we should be three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Can the company realistically do these things over 
an extended period of time. So what do I have to ask? Well, wh what am I doing? Seems like a silly question, right? But if you're working for a company who does not know why they exist, how long are they going to exist? Probably not a long time. Well, we exist because we've been in existence for 50 years. Well, great. What are you going to do now? If you don't have a clear set of objectives, maybe you could do, your, do better doing something else. Maybe your resources could be yet better used. So the first question always is, what are we trying to do? Why does this company exist? What business are we in? So how many of you have heard of AgroPure? Okay. How many of you have had the opportunity to visit the AgroPure facility in Lake Norton? Okay. What is the business of the AgroPure facility in Lake Norton? TJ. Okay. It makes cheese and whey. What's the primary objective of that facility? It's whey. They built the facility to have control of the whey stream because their best cash flow, their most profitable item they have are their whey protein concentrates and whey protein isolates. The cheese that they make, mozzarella, is not a whole lot different than the cheese that Leprino might make or some other manufacturer of mozzarella. They know that. They're clear on their objective. They're in the business of producing clearly food additive products made from what used to be a byproduct. They're not a cheese company, they're a whey company. But you need to be clear on that because which part are you gonna focus your resources towards? If your best moneymaker is in bipro, that whey protein isolate, then focus your resources to make sure that's your top quality product. If your best moneymaker is in a very standardized mozzarella cheese going to Papa John's, then focus your money there. But maybe you can't have enough resources to do both. TJ. So one thing I noticed is they heavily focus on making sure that cheese So they focus upon the cheese process to minimize loss and to maximize consistency of what? The whey. They have to focus on cheese, but what are they really for? They're looking for whey. But you need to ask, what are we in business for? Right? 
what's the what's the overall objective of the Davis dairy plant? You ever thought about that? Training students. Number one objective. That's what has to be the business is training. Yes, it happens to make ice cream. It happens to make cheese. It happens to have materials available for external research or research projects. But what's the primary purpose of its existence? Why was it invested in and built? To train students, to train future employees of the dairy industry. But you have to think sometimes, what's the business, right? What business are we in? And then we're gonna start down the road of what is a SWOT analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. What are we good at? What are our strengths? What are the weaknesses? What are the holes? What's the weakest link in how we operate? If we don't keep coming back to and looking at that picture, are we gonna ever fix that weakest link? No. So we have to think about that a lot. I'm gonna finish up the last of long range planning on Wednesday. Okay, so have an enjoyable day. Stay somewhere air conditioned. I understand it's supposed to be just a nice pleasant about 95 this afternoon, so. Wind is, wind is better. It was a little um, still and, and not so nice the last day or so. Yes.